When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Your Questions Answered, our live Q&A. We are the Dudley Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hanford and Michael Sidgwick, here to answer all of your burning wrestling questions and already so many flying in. Thank you so much to everyone who's already uh, sent them in and donated and Thank allowed you. us to do this as a ridiculous job that we get to do. Uh, let's dive straight into it uh, with a question from one Steve Nicola Kapoulos. Legend. Great pronunciation. Okay, Edward Shiraz Hands, who says, G'day, handsome diddies. Uh, getting in super early, but what was your favourite five-star review review? Nailed it! Uh, you've ever done. Also, Podcast Horseman was goaded. Podcast Horseman was goaded. What is that? What's he talking about? It's a terrific uh, show on Netflix. Uh it's a show about a talking horse, but it's so much more. And if you want to listen to people talking themselves horse about a talking horse, you can download Podcast Horseman with myself and our very own producer, Adam Nicholas, who can't point the camera on himself. But uh, there's about two years' worth of episode-by-episode episode audio reviews, including the breakdown of our mental states, as it happens completely during the pandemic. <sighs> so thanks <sighs> for the plug, Edward Shiraz Hans. Um, Favourite five-star review reviews? I... I don't want to say I don't know, because that's a cop-out answer, but I'm so glad Kid Icarus has kept the spreadsheet for us. I'm going to yeah. use this to shout out to him, because it is, we go through obviously one a week, and by the end of it, I've often forgotten what we've reviewed because mm-hmm. of the filth that you've dredged from the YouTube comment section. That it's just nice once in a while to go back through and relive the moments. Thankfully, whilst I can remember all the little bits of footage that we've seen from TNA, from WWE and the like... I can eradicate the comments from my mind. Otherwise, I don't think I'd be able to go home of an evening and stare at my beautiful children in the face after the things that you've presented to us. I think the uh, the favourite one we've done is we did the Beach Blast mini-movie and discovered that this was an island entirely comprised of children and we worked in uh, (laughs) Epstein. (laughs) Yeah. Prince Andrew put it on there. We sure did. Yeah, we sure did. (laughs) We sure did. No more wrestling podcasts in the UK. Oh, yeah. Excellent family. I do like our uh, Christmas specials, I have to say. Yeah. I distinctly remember, and uh, maybe it's tinged with something you alluded to there, because it was Christmas 2019, Sige. We all know what immediately followed that in the... Oh, boy. Shut up about it. (laughs) But um, I'm just looking at Kid Icarus's spreadsheet. By the way, we have done... uh, Jesus. uh, 221. Think of all those boners. <laughs> <laughs> Think of all those explanations of things that Wilborn doesn't understand. Yes. Um, but yeah, Christmas... Inanimate objects that people have become. Yeah. Christmas 2019 was Natalia Farts, which I believe was you. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember you did Claire Lynch. AJ! <laughs> I did. And I'm guessing 
I was the one who selected a Santa's little helper match. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. I was quite proud of the quiz I did last Christmas. Yes. Yeah, we mixed it up, didn't we? Are you as horny as the comments section? <laughs> was it in the um, pillow fight from WrestleMania 19 that we first kind like of clo- legs. clocked on that Jim Ross was, like, the call was coming from inside the house, and it yeah, was Jim yeah. Ross all along. That he, was the... And Jerry Lawler, again, was the second horniest Attitude Era commentator. Yeah. There's been some revelations in the five-star review. review Didn't that? Jerry Lawler say, I'd like to climb up those... Like yeah. he was a little horny ferret uh, like I'll but- foraging for young puss. I'll butcher the delivery, but was it not in a five-star review review we landed on that maybe Lola's best gag ever about me young? Yeah. It's not for YouTube, but you can find out. I also remember just looking there, nearly a year since uh, Luther Reigns crashes Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> which was really up there for me. Oh, it was, yeah. Have yeah, you, yeah. Uh, Luther, have you ever, have you ever had peas before? <laughs> I've had peas before. <laughs> I miss Trench, you know. Not from wrestling, trench. but like from the podcast. Yeah, he was uh, a scary, uh, is it? I was scrolling through. Uh, tell me to stop. Stop. Okay, picking on between uh, zero and ten. Nine. Shira. Hulk Hogan meets the Dungeon of Doom. It's not hot. It's not hot. Sid, I'll do it again. Stop. Zero and ten. All right. Okay. Eight. Kieran Dyer. <laughs> I can I can uh, actually summarize what you're about to suggest in one noise if I can find it <laughs> he wasn't my car British Bulldog Tricks repo man <laughs> it's uh, Christmas 2020 tricks in <laughs> lock stock and soup smoking barrels featuring Lord Stephen Regal I love our Christmas specials <laughs> <laughs> and Big Show's Big Dump yeah <sighs> so many so many toilet jokes are big show, isn't it? He's, no, c- he's got the world's biggest ass. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the reason it has the world's biggest shit. Uh, speaking of which, by the way, uh, one Matt Rains, thank you for your uh, donation. Oh, and your thanks, comment. Who? Says, morning, gents. Uh, bouncing off what Steve said, starting December 1st, I'll be doing the best of what culture moments from this year. A lot of them are based on five-star review reviews. Think you'll love it. Very excited. Oh, thank you, Matt. We do look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, OG Stem Cell, thank you for your <laughs> donation. Every week it gets a pop. Rey <laughs> Mysterio's knees himself. Uh, morning, Dadleys. If you could use any wrestler from any generation to make your all-time dream match, what is it? I think Perk Angle and Kenny Omega. Oh, oh, <laughs> Hang on. Well, first of all, Perk Angle was uh, in no condition to perform, but guess what? We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> We're going to do it anyway. We're gonna do it anyway! It was a while. <laughs> and also... Oh my god. Hard to top that. And he's also really suggested run, Perk Angle and Kenny Omega or Swerve versus Coked Out Michaels would be incredible. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ. I mean, you got the AW book, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's set a pretty high bar, isn't it? Hmm. It's Kenny um, for me, it's just a question of verses. It's very mid two thousands four months of this, but like we were so close to Brett and Kurt Angle. Mm. Like if Brett ever just makes amends for whatever reason with WWE and never has a stroke or something like that, you're they're quite close to each other. It's frustrating how close they were because when Kurt broke through, Brett's run felt like about fifty years ago. Such was how the time worked in the nineties and early two thousands. I just think that would have been that might have been perfect because Kurt was such a. Like, he was almost underrated until he got to TNA for just how, like, Wild West he would let his matches get. 
and Brett was brilliant at like shutting some of that down and then like doing the exact same thing without kind of like he obscures it for so long that he could do that too. Mm. I think that would have been the one for me. Like those prime years, there was definitely an overlap we just lost. For me, it would be 2023 Wrestle Kingdom heel final boss Omega when he's going to just ritually tear you apart. F*** your neck. I will break it over and over again. Can you even mount a baby face comeback? That's how violently and spectacularly I'm going to go after your neck and drop you on your head with these spectacular moves versus uh, mid-90s Kenta Kabashi for that. For just the fire for him coming back and back and Little back. Little spine tingling. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the one for me. Heel New Japan Kenny Omega versus mid nineties Kenta Kabashi. Oh my god! Wilborn, yeah. your answer to that is it? The Rock versus LA Knight. <laughs> I was trying to think. Yeah, <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> I'll pick something different because you've actually nailed it there. <laughs> uh, let's go. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, uh, class. I'm in. Uh, Lesnar given the German the Satnam Singh. Oh my god. And the Sanjay Dud. Oh my god. <laughs> like doing that, like pause from one of the early SmackDown games, shaking off the guitar, just gets hit and then goes, ah, and then just carries on. Does what again? I'm not doing that again. <laughs> it's on the friggin' internet. Johan uh, Benson, thank you for your donation, Johan. Thank you. The booking of the younger talent like Takeshita, Daniel Garcia, and Yuta doesn't feel anywhere as focused as the OG pillars. Is T- TK out of ideas, or is he not convinced by their talent? I'm really wanting to write an editorial on this, or maybe explore it in a long-form podcast, or just do something, because I am convinced. Obviously, there's a general creative decline. People have only got a finite amount of ideas, there's a, a lethargy that kicks in when you've watched something that is relentless as pro wrestling for four years. And there's just a, I don't know, like a, an entitlement. Uh, I've seen it all before. Vibe kicks in for me, at least as a viewer. But I'm convinced that many of the problems and the significant ones in AEW, and this ties into everything, the abandonment, the abandonment of the ranking system was driven by this. So many of the problems in AEW can be traced back to he's signed too many freaking wrestlers that he can't focus on them, that he wants to push all of them and maximize them, but that uh, the byproduct of that is that he doesn't want to beat them, so you don't get the all-star matches. People disappear for weeks on end. People do the same story arcs for what feels like forever because he cannot do that balancing plate plate spinning for the past 18 months at least. And again, Takeshita, he can't or won't, Tony Khan, put Takeshita all the way to the top because there's a log jam. Mm. So if he was to win three or four, five matches on the bounce and he would get these great Takeshita matches on TV, it's inconvenient for Tony Khan to do that because then you have to have him in a title match, then he's got his champions, and who he wants his champions to be are MGF, because he's the biggest star and the biggest draw, but then he really likes Christian Cage this month, and he's got a fondness for Orange Cassidy, and there's just not enough titles, and there's already too many. It's just a lack of discipline in his recruitment process and the expansion of AEW and signing too many stars. And that's why it feels like Garcia is just going to dance for a while. And while you, uh, John Moxley had to say it on commentary, I'm not doing with any, with anything with him in the next year. 
It's a two-year project. He can get beat for two years. It's what he looks like in three years. So I don't know if I want to go on that journey realistically <laughs> with Wheeler Utah. As incredible as he is, there are too many wrestlers in AEW, and this has created just an exorbitant amount of problems. I think like the quantity is so key to that because even if... So I, I think this is kind of evidence that Tony Khan hasn't changed his methods and his favoured way of booking things. It's just that everything else has maybe changed around AEW so that they no longer work. And that's fine and that's normal, mm. but he's yet to figure that out. If you take... Uh, if you imagine like Tony Khan looking at 2023 as if it was 2019 and just trying to do things the same way and hope things work, you have the Jericho Appreciation Society where Jake Hager, yes, as a heater and a big night for Dynamite Part 1, but he's the fifth man in a five-man stable. You've got Proud and Powerful and Sammy Guevara as these push prospects now. Like Guevara didn't have a division, but he was a pillar. Mm-hmm. Like Proud and Powerful are going to like try and win tag gold and Chris Jericho's Chris Jericho. So Hager's the fifth guy. Even the fifth guy get a match on a pay-per-view against Dustin Runnels because that stable features and there is time and there is effort that there is enough focus mm-hmm. to even give the fifth guy the heat at a match. Takeshita is like, let's be honest, like a million times the rest that Jay Hager ever was. Or and will be. Or will be. <laughs> and theoretically, in a, like, a bigger role within the Don Callis family than Hager ever was, yet there's absolutely no chance of him getting a match. You could possibly and worryingly extend that to Powerhouse Hobbs. You could definitely extend it to Garcia in the second coming of the Inner Circle in the Jericho Appreciation Society. So, yeah, the methods feel similar, but they are no longer remotely workable with the roster he's got. Um, I wonder if at times he's just thought, oh, well, like two more hours of television, three more hours, whatever, that's going to that's gonna solve that problem. Just makes the house all the more difficult to yeah. clean. It's made it messier. That's it. It's exactly it. The lack of, like, I understand as time has gone on why more and more people have said the rankings wouldn't work now. I disagree. But I get where people are coming yeah. from because they've seen enough of all of this like content super service era AEW to assume that it it would be too hard to track. I, I don't agree, but I, I get where I people agree. are coming from. I want the rankings back, but I think it feels a little bit naive at this point. To assume you could just keep them functioning, basically. Hey, there's, too yeah. much, there's too much talent that he wants to do too many things with. Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, Alonzo Valverde, who's watching live at work. Thank you, Alonzo. Uh, and Valentin Keel, who says, uh, who should get Booker of the Year? Can't give it to Tony again with good conscience, can we? The game Triple H. Like, I, I've preferred WWE to AEW, but like all subjectivity aside, like, where, Cedric was right to pick on losers like me and you, and a lot of the fan base for saying, like, look, WWE are just getting the basics right, and it's been 22 years. Are you kidding? Right? Your standards, <laughs> yeah. your standards have got to be higher. From a subjective point of view, I'll argue that the standards have improved, but he is overseeing something that I personally never thought possible, the feeling of an actual boom period. WWE, like to Vincent Mann's credit, ugh, established that the brand came first. And the yeah. brand, like there'll never be another WCW, there'll never be a feeling that we're going to have to take the water coolers out, we're going to make this brand so strong, we're going to do blah, 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 over our period of owning the Monopoly. We'll freaking lose the Monopoly because our product's terrible. But in that time, we'll secure it. Future-proofing. Future-proofing it, yeah. it against any threats, and he did it, right? So that made you think, right, well, there's zero motivation to make the product itself hot, the TV show's interesting, the character's dynamic, the feud's big time. WrestleMania's going to do stadiums every year forevermore. And, like, Christ, those years of Roman Reigns against The Undertaker and against Brock Lesnar, they were still filling Mm. stadiums, and those matches were gross. Those WrestleManias were often terrible. I didn't see a year as much as I've enjoyed coming like this ever again. Ever, ever again. Not least because Vince was going to have to be dead to be lifted out of that chair until it was taken from him. So I think... See him at the box at the weekend. Yeah, it was great. 
I like seeing him looking so ludicrous with his mate, the Undertaker, like we're like Steptoe's son, like clawing for relevance in this stupid farce of a pantomime boxing. My question is: Is he killing a week out there? Probably ahead yeah. of Crown Jewel. Yeah, and probably. what's he up to with Mark <laughs> in the interim? What are they doing? He'll, he wants to defend the piss trophy, doesn't he? Bones and, I, and like, what else he gonna do? Meltzer, this this Booker of the Year thing is a, a Wrestling Observer Newsletter Reader Award, and mm. it's worth remembering that every year when there's a kickoff about it, the readers will choose. Yeah. So my gut feeling is they might still choose Tony Khan, but I just think from a boring business perspective, which is what Meltzer likes, it's Triple H's for the taking. For my personal tastes, I still prefer AEW at its most mid to WWE at its most thriving, and that is purely personal preference. Yeah. If I'm voting... And I might. I was scrolling the uh, For You tab on X mm. the other day. so I, And I cannot remember which account posted this tweet. It might not even be a good one. But someone, I went, hmm. Someone tweeted, the voters should vote someone else other than Tony Carton as Booker of the Year because it's the thing that he weirdly has a lot of pride in. Yeah. And I kick him in the arse. And to get rid of these tropes and these terrible tournaments and this, you know, just the uneven quality, this lack of focus in AEW this year. Um, my personal preference is that Tony Khan has promoted and booked the shows I have preferred this year, but he's not operating anywhere near at the peak of his powers. It no longer feels like this premium state-of-the-art mm. thing for which I'm eternally grateful. It's on the decline um, I'd go with Triple H. Like he's the best booker of the year. He has done the best objective job of enthusing and engaging his base. And you know the byproduct of that is that Tony Khan might get wounded by that. It's a really weird thing to like. Have, but billionaires, you can't get them anywhere but their egos, can you? Yeah. So it might be yeah. that Michael Jordan. I'll took that personal. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you're both wrong. It's Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Shawn Michaels. It's not a bad one. Look at the, the look at the graphs. The graphs support him. Yeah. Hasn't been a bad PLA from uh, NXT for me. Well, you were honestly going to say that hasn't been a bad weekly episode of NXT in all of 2023. <laughs> Can't remember one. Hang on. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? He knows he's the target demo, isn't he? <laughs> Old man fish, give me creeps. <laughs> Shout out to Eric Vasquez, by the way. Great first name, Eric. Uh, he says, I'm here, guys. I'm just broke. Don't worry about that, please. Uh, Kyle Siner, Sinner, Siner, I'm going to go with, uh, says, Hello, just a fun hypothetical. If a WWE X, AEW, X, AEW pay-per-view ever happens, do you think the wrestlers' histories factor in? For example, if Michael Cole is calling the Mox match, is Ambrose brought up? Ooh. Uh, it should be. It absolutely should be. These... Would be better, like, I don't, this stuff never happens, so it's only in hypotheticals, I suppose. But I think you absolutely lean on what either company has got wrong. It, like, that is better logic. John Moxley fighting for AEW because of what, like, he became as Dean Ambrose in a gas mask is more logical than wearing a WCW t-shirt, if you're a member of the Alliance. Yeah. It is. You yeah. have a reason to want to fight against this company, no matter where the show's promoted. I'm all in favor of that. Like, this is, we're still grappling with this being the post-KFABA and how wrestlers should speak and how they should behave on Twitter and whatever. I think this is a tremendous way to do it. You can keep it within the confines of KFA by saying, this place of work did not allow me to become a success in your business. And then, mm. he's the, uh, yes, 
Short answer. I love the idea. Obviously, it's never going to happen, but I've spoken about how I feel like we are post everything in wrestling and barring some revolution, the likes of which some genius, not myself, would have to come up with. I feel like I've seen everything and I've anticipated everything that's been delivered to me, and now I'm post. I'm just post. Still great when it wants to be great pro wrestling, but I just feel like there's very little to look forward to. As much as it'll never happen in a million years, like an AEW X WWE Super Show, it's like the final frontier, it's like the actual final frontier. Um, how I would sell tickets if it was to ever happen is to one side of the arena, like WWE through their website, the other side of the arena what? or the stadium. What was that? Sorry, huh? what was it? One side's WWE, and then. <laughs> So one side, the tickets are sold through WWE's Ticketmaster link or whatever, or direct, whatever, and then the other side and the other <laughs> is AEW. Like, yeah. make it tribalistic and, you know. Yeah, but then you'd have the WWE fans taking pictures of all the empty seats. <laughs> this is true, right? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like it's not going to be an old firm atmosphere. Like, <laughs> like these, these people are not going to fight each other. I'm quite certain of that. So I think it'd be relatively safe. Be all the Fed fans are in coins and stuff, though. Like when I say that, one, they'd be the absolute worst. There would be. There would be. Yeah. You'd be there. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, you do that on both sides? You've got, like, this incredible line of, like, WWE merch and one stall. Yeah, yeah. In man, there's, like, six AEW t-shirts. It's one scarf. <laughs> I like the idea of, was it WWE Gareth and WWE Real One? Sat opposite, opposite sides of the aisle. God. Yeah, I was going to name you a that, few uh, there. I'm not going to. Nah, not going to give them the can't oxygen. Be a, can't be asked. But then, um, you know they are. You know they are. Hi to um, Malachi Magorian. Uh, who says, hi guys, I'm not on social media and never able to catch the Q&As live. I'm traveling over from Ireland for the live show. I can't wait to say hello and to thank you all for the insight and banter during the last five years. That's incredible. Uh, thank you so much and sorry for that. My question is, how do you think AEW can get the power back permanently? Has it become too bloated with too many belts and too much like a content factory for its own good? Yes, I 100% agree with that. Um, again, just to extend the pretty lame, tortured metaphor, the house is too difficult to clean now. You can do... That's so pathetic. It's an analogy, I'm sorry. <laughs> but if you get me stressed out as well, because I've got to do some if time, you don't want to go home. If you clean one room and dedicate your like time to just cleaning, deep cleaning that one room, the other one's just going to get dirtier the more you neglect it. And like, say if you spend all your resources, right, and trying to pinpoint who do the fans want to see, get behind, who could really be that next MJF Omega... Hangman Page, CM Punk, Danielson, Tier Guy, Moxley Guy. And all that work to really uh, strap up the rocket to Ricky Starks, Swerve gets diminished. There's just too many wrestlers. It's not an effective narrative ecosystem. It just isn't. You cannot. I think, I don't want to put more of There's a certain bad faith podcaster who said that if you were going to start a wrestling promotion, you would never in a million years take the 30 best wrestlers in the world because mm. instantly, by there being 30, they're not special. You have to beat and beat and beat, otherwise you get 50-50 nothingness. Um, the 15, so their values diminish straight off the mm. bat. You've got no one to get really excited about. How It's impossible to get as excited about anyone as you were. The CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole. Eh. 
Oh my god! And I, I checked my watch at all out 2021, and it was. It's just it's been too much, far too much. I cannot get excited about. I don't know, like who they brought in in 2023. Where I thought, like even Jay White, they'd signed Jay White in February 2020, or even in like May 2021 when the fans were coming back. Mm-hmm. You think game changer? Yeah. Now he's just someone who isn't Brian Danielson or CM Punk. It's so hard. Yeah. Because Jay White is so talented. This The house is too messy and it's too big. And cleaning one room means you just cannot. He's going to neglect another. Like, the, the answer is, at this point, like, I hate to be too, like, doomy and catastrophize it. But, like, it's uh, the toothpaste is out of the tube now. I've seen everything. It's going to be so hard to get that level back. There's two hours of collision, so it's a content form. And the the really ruthless answer, which I would never, ever, ever advocate for, is just release a load of them and be really brutal. But you, I would never do that. And if that was the answer, I would just say, you're a billionaire, just don't use them, instead of releasing them because yeah. that's horrendous. I like where we're at now, at least where contracts just get seen out. Like, that's a genuinely yes, great change exactly, Tony Khan yeah. has made. Like, see these contracts through, and if you don't want to keep them, that's, that's fine. Like, business has been conducted, and off you go. A follow-up question to that, then. Like, You're going to pay us 20 quid? Two quid. No, absolutely not. Two quid. I'm going to give you another way to make some money. Two questions. Two questions. Uh, do you think that... Whether the A, not the Q. Early days of AEW, where the need for the Challenger brand was almost what motivated the whole thing, is a little bit what's missing now, because, yes, they're a Challenger brand, but they're such an accepted one. Tony Khan likes Pepsi and Burger King. They're never going to beat Coke and McDonald's, but they're going to exist very happily mm. on their own terms. That... That was very different in 2019. They weren't yet Pepsi. They were vying to become Pepsi. And, like, as a follow-up question to that, like, have you got... What was the first question? Like, do you think that's the problem now? Right, That isn't there. And as a follow-up to that, like, if you were going to give me an answer, could you give me in maybe, like, 120,000 passionate, insightful words? Maybe, right, okay. In answer to your question, by 2021, that already it was already a bloodbath in the Wednesday Night War. And by the summer of 2021, it was no longer that drive of, oh, yeah, the Dark Order's not that bad. Yeah, which I might have said before <laughs> Mr. Brody Lee just completely made it goaded. Um by twenty twenty one they no longer had that existential threat facing them and mm. the need like it was a, the babyface promotion yeah. needed to reach out to the fans for the hot tag to have all those fans watch it and help it thrive and survive. That wasn't even there by twenty twenty one and it's some people's favourite period of AEW. Like I think I'm the outlier for February twenty twenty. Yeah. Um I think a lot of people prefer twenty twenty one just with the buzz, the fans back. The Punk, Danielson. Um, if you ever want to relive those days, I've actually got the second um, question answered. What did he say he wanted again? Well, I was after 120,000 passionate insights. Yeah, I did think that was a bit of a rough question. You kind of put him in a hole there. Well, speaking of the hole, <laughs> the book hole, those words, 120,000 passionate and insightful words, can all be read. Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW by Michael Sidgwick, me. Stop Where'd everything. Stop everything. Because yeah. well, the thing is... Like, you know us already because we're good friends. I live in the world. Well, good for you because what? you can get it delivered to your oh, door <laughs> if you order via Amazon. I'll do that tonight. Thank you. Uh, moving on. What are these natural conversations we have? Mm. Another question. As Another like, you like raw? <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Nobody talks like that except the daddy boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <to sell. laughs> 
Thank you, uh, Maliki, uh, for your question. Look forward to seeing you at the live show and sticking with the live show, actually, which goes down on uh, Tuesday, November 21st at the Mosaic Tap in Down where? Newcastle. Down here. Uh, Newcastle Pontine. Tickets still available. Whatculture.com forward slash tickets. Very, very limited tickets. Uh, but if you want uh, a ticket for that, along with a very exclusive T-shirt, go and check it out. Whatculture.com forward slash tickets. Uh, and another question comes in from Nevernaught, and I'm actually not going to ask either of you. I'm going to ask you, Adam Nicholas, because Nevernaught writes, Good afternoon, lads. Hope all's well. Will the live show get recorded and released after the fact? <laughs> yeah, we went... We went to uh, we went to see the venue, the brilliant Mosaic Tap, uh, on Friday. It looks, it, I'm so excited. Uh, it's going to be a brilliant, uh, brilliant night. If you want to come, whatculture.com. Make them sound like Wembley. It's an intimate, nice bar. Yeah, it's huge. Um, <laughs> the, but the beer, I can confirm, is absolutely amazing. Oh, it's got unbelievable. And uh, yes, if if technical capabilities allow, yes. Oh, great. We'll be wor- we're working on it. It's better live. Yeah. But yeah, I'm to make sure uh, whatculture.com forward slash tickets. <laughs> now they know that it's like not bullshit, this no tickets thing, because otherwise we wouldn't be telling people it's going to go on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So we need to get over that line first. And we do. And we do. Uh, next question comes from Marcel Laviolette. Marcel, thank hey. you for your donation. Uh, he says, Howdy, partners. Hope your day's going well. Three questions for the dads. Three. Uh, Adam, how was the impact show? Sensational. Um, yeah, I think you'll be able to watch it next, or this weekend, I should say. Uh, Simon Miller versus Joe Hendry was was everything I hoped it would be, and I've got to give a massive shot. I'd never seen Eddie Edwards wrestle before. Eddie Edwards versus Will Ospreay was was just jaw-dropping. Um, and um, I was informed by one Joe Hendry. I've told you this, I haven't told you. Apparently, allegedly, go and check it out, because there's a sign at the show that reads, Adam Wilborn's a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> He's had sex at least once. Yeah. We know uh, this. <laughs> sort of in his gimmick lately, if anything. But yeah, uh, I thought Miller and Hendry did a, did a brilliant job. Um, so yeah, that comes out on there. Uh, <laughs> can't, can't believe they say that about the shoot sex have Adam Wilvon. Uh, Sige, what did Ilya Dragunov think of MJF versus Omega? Oh, really entertaining. If you might want to know Michael Sidgwick's thoughts on that, uh, me and him are going to record the collision <laughs> review after this. And Hamlet, who do you think is WWE's most successful prodigal son? What are the McMahons? Like none of them. Like absolutely none of them. Uh, What's Shane's boy called? The one who's playing uh, Ugh, Declan. Oh, I've, t- I've told you my theory, Avner. They are going to push him to the moon in about three years once his football career has not gone particularly well, and after the performance center training, they're going to push him as a baby face. And they're going to persist with him because he's a McMahon and it's going to be funny. It's going to be absolutely gross, isn't it? The I think the performance center is the best place it's ever been to actually make some stars because of this next in line thing. Like they've they've got like I know that if you look at the crop of women's division talent in Mm -hmm. particular, it's finally serving that purpose. It went a long time where it was kind of embarrassing to look at who were kind of ground up success stories. Because they got the flirtation with the indie scene and they realised that that's where the talent actually is. So they kind of abandoned what their PC was originally envisaged to be. It. it was kind of just a mess of, like, like misplaced motivations, ultimately, for what Vince McMahon's WWE wanted. Triple H might now see A lot of alliteration there. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H might now see it differently, which is odd, because the people that are coming through are more, like, traditionally, like, Vince Pilled guys, somebody that used to play football, like mm. a Bron Breaker Paul type got, figure. Paul did, but he was told. 
But uh, but yeah, like I think you're going to get more and more. It's going to have its best run now. If you look at people that are coming in from next and like the main roster, it's got to be the Creeds right now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it's got it's I got to them. be the Creeds. Like Tiffany Stratton as well. Actually. Yeah. Who? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Matt Rains says, I meant to ask King, how was the corrupted margarita? It was a margarita with black uh, food coloring. I did see this. But the, uh, so the corrupted rim wasn't like um, dyed salt. It was, uh, it's like an arse. Willborn, you absolute child. It was, um, I wish I was the corrupted rim. It was like, um, I had a corrupted rim at the weekend. It was like, curry. Oh, God. The corrupted rim was uh, used with black sprinkles for like creepy, scary cupcakes, oh, yes. which are mashed with a, um, is it a pestle or a mortar? That's the stick. I don't know why I'm asking you, oven chips. But uh, whichever one's the stick, it crushed them up. And uh, so you missed, I missed the salt map. I missed the salt, um, but it was worth it for the aesthetic. I actually felt like Hamlet. I sacrificed taste in the proper article, the genuine article um, for aesthetics. I felt like a, a terrible Fed fan, but thank you, man. While we're on it's food. Pestle. The pestle. The pestle. While we're on food, do you want to have a quick game? Got the button on it. Uh, go on. It's time to play the game! Time to play the game! Ha 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 ha! da da what did I have for my tea last night? Right. <laughs> so I'll give you a, oh, a uh, mini cheddar chip sandwich. He's, he's, super, oh. he's super close. You mentioned mini cheddar. Uh, and this is what 
created this because one of my friends reached out to me and like we had Chris talk for a little bit and then it went on to something else. And I was like, I've never heard of that. That is absolutely <laughs> ingenious. I've got to try it. Tried it. Absolutely goaded. Thought to myself, Cedric especially is going to absolutely hate this. Let's talk about it on a podcast. You can have a guess each. But it's, yeah, you're circling my food groups, my core five a day. So, yeah. So is it, is it crisp related? No. Okay. But it's, you know, it's in the postcode. Is it, uh... <laughs> I think Sid might walk out. I'm going to suggest uh, something that I tried, which I'm not sure if you just heard through it through the same avenues that I did, which was uh, getting a McDonald's hamburger and putting chicken McNuggets in the hamburger. No, I want to try it. No. It's unbelievable. You, Shout out to Sparky, you told me that. That was your guess. You've kind of entered the right you've entered the right zone. You've entered the right culinary zone in a manner of speaking. Okay. And he's highlighted that. I think of the two worst things that you could combine, probably. Um a frozen grill steak with smiley faces. No, but that's tonight taken care of. Ooh. No. <laughs> I, I'm now embarrassed to say this while you're looking at me. Almost I don't want you to make eye contact when I say this. <laughs> so I was having the mini cheddar's conversation. And a mate of mine had seen the tweet, and then we were talking a bit about like best and worst crisps for a crisp sandwich. Good, good. Salt and vinegar chip sticks. What worst or best? What best? Yeah, they're great. Like hula hoops, terrible. And on you go, and on you go. And then he said, "Have you tried this?" And I thought, "You turn the piss out of me." And then he said, "No, he sent me a link, and we had a chat about it." And a version of this <laughs> sent me a link. Version of this is actually available, Sige, in um, Heston Blumenthal's thingy. But he's obviously not listening. Better version than the version I made, anyway. Yeah, I had a toast sandwich. What? Yeah. Burnt a slice of toast, buttered the bread, put it in the middle. It's like a crisp butty, but more bready. Heston Blumenthal. Sorry, so you flogs them. Three pieces of bread, just the middle bit's toasted. You're not wrong. Uh, try it yourself. I'm it's not like Neil Buchanan on heart attack, but it's about food. It's a, f- it's a heart attack because <laughs> it's too much carbs. Disgusting. How much time have we got left? Uh, t- 25 minutes. Oh, I've got enough time to... Time to play the game. Time to play the game. game. I cooked a dish, which I'll tell you about very quickly in a in a few moments. But which celebrity recipe did I use? Jamie Oliver. Nope. Oh, is it a celebrity chef or is it a celebrity? I'm going to go cooking with Coolio. Nope. Jim Ross. No. <laughs> Ooh. Didn't eat tits on Twitter. That's <laughs> <laughs> like just good. How do these menus say grab them cakes? Uh, who's. I'm trying to think of someone who's like used to be a celebrity for something else. And maybe he's trying to parlay that into a, into a chef career. Really nice fellow. What was that like fitness guy that could have Joe Wicks. gone to food? Joe Wicks. He could nope. have gone to food. No, no, nope, no. Nope, nope. Snoop Doggy Dog. Oh! oh. Snoop Doggy Dog. And I made that <laughs> orange chicken. Right. How was it? Well, I've tried it in the past with with dogs <laughs> own batters. <laughs> cook dogs. With over oh, Snoop Dogs. Snoop <laughs> keep, dogs. Keep talking. Snoop Dogs own batter suggestion. Is he cooking a dog? With his own batter suggestion and it was just so dry and not good. So I used my own like Chinese batter with like soy sauce and corn flour and egg and vegetable oil um, which is really very nice. And the sauce is uh, sriracha, honey, orange juice, 
chili flakes, a few measly drops of sesame oil. It will completely overpower the dish. If you ever <laughs> decide to not be eight years old yep. and to eat actual grown-up food, yeah. if you see sesame oil toasted in a recipe, mm. always go under the recommended amount. I'm talking about a drip and then to taste because it will overpower a dish. Um, the problem is it was a bit thin no matter how much I tried to reduce it down. Do you want know you do in that situation? You just mix some corn flour and water and just thickens it right up. Ah. What was that thing that, like, I don't think I'm speaking out of class here, you loved more than AW Double or Nothing when we were in Las Vegas? That you would, it was, that, was it a burger place you went to? And you were like, I, I need this. <sighs> Pineapple mustard. That was it. Pineapple oh, mustard. Oh, my God. <laughs> we could have done a podcast on the mustard. By the way, yeah, the AW show is, like, consensus the worst paper you ever. <laughs> See you next time, guys. Uh, Not its moments, but like yeah, honestly, the really good moments. The pineapple mustard had you on like a two-day high. Honestly, when it was unbelievable. <laughs> pineapple mustard and two-dollar beers. Oh, the two-dollar beers. Take me back. I made <laughs> jelly today. Brought us into the office. He did. Brain jelly. He did. Scary, isn't it? Halloween. He did. Turned the brain upside down and he ate it out of it with a spoon and dribbled into it and then came into a podcast with a jelly stain on his T-shirt. Jelly on the top. Uh, <laughs> One of them wouldn't play his first time using Vicks vapor rub. <laughs> jelly. Right. Uh, Drew C, you've got lots of questions to get into. Uh, Drew C says, is AW bringing Luther back to the women's division to try and get back to when the division was at his best when he was in the Nightmare Collective? I think it's because Jericho asked. Luther. 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 Um, This Tony Storm thing. It's jump the shiak. Yeah. I wanted to stick with it. I did. but It worked when she was in that universe, or as I like to call it, the real world and her sanity was fraying somewhat, and now they've created a new wacky world for her to be in, and it's just, the charm is completely gone. And he's like raced her into a title program. That's kind of gross, isn't it? It's yeah. like you could have had two stories. Yeah. No, no, no just, just the one. We'll talk a little bit more about it on the Collision Review. We'll uh, have some piece. Uh, Michael Lavalley III, thank you for your donation. Michael says, no question, just a thank you for everything you guys do and ah. continue to do every day. Also, buy Sidgy's book, Becoming the Elite, The Rise of AEW. I have it. It's a fantastic read. Love you guys. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for that thank one. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Mr. Phoenix says, here's one for Stump. Uh, we, all <laughs> we all know the smallest change can make the biggest impact. How would storytelling, psychology, and character development change if championship advantage wasn't a thing? Say that one more time. How would storytelling, psychology, and character de- development change if championship advantage wasn't a thing? I don't know what that means. So TNA tried this. They actually never told anybody in their early years that you could lose the title on a disqualification. Oh, right. Okay. okay and Abyss defeated Sting. Sting got DQ'd. And it was like, that's TNA, mate. You've just lost the title. And they ended up, there was such protest over it because people didn't know and they felt screwed out of a proper result. They kind of quietly abandoned it. And I always thought that was a shame that they didn't hold firm because I do think he's right. I think there would have been a change in the way certain matches are laid out. I would absolutely welcome this so much. Like, again, this AW thing that I've got a bugbear about it. Like, it's just cursed through excess, and it feels like Tony Khan has sleepwalked and at the same trappings and the same mistakes that every booker, cowardly North American wrestling booker makes. Um, I would love this. You don't get the Roman reign without it, mm. which is good for me personally. And I just think, like, if any f- work of fiction or traditional work of fiction... Like rules make it happen and make it worthwhile and it just enables much easier investment. And if 
the, this is why the ranking system was so good. He worked within a set of rules and had to adhere to them mm. and couldn't at the time when the system was in place. And I know this is a bit of a tangent, but bear with me. Like he had to do things a certain way because he'd imposed on himself, Tony Khan, a certain amount of rules. He couldn't just have somebody liked for a month win loads of matches because, oh, Christ, well, I have to have a title shot. You know what I mean? Like, you had to do things a certain way. And it's the same with the championship advantage. If you implemented something like this in wrestling, it would radically change the way, like, especially a big, long heel run would go. And I feel like it's just so passe in North American wrestling in particular that if you were to radically change the rules, the narrative rules, it would radically change everything. And for my tastes, the better... I'm 38 years old. I can handle my babyface hero losing a match if he goes out like a badass and fights his hardest. It changes the mindset as well, doesn't it? Because I hated that. I don't think we're in it right now, to be fair, but there was definitely a period a few years ago when like WWE was at, probably pre-AEW, actually, where you'd have this big match, potentially, and the conversation wasn't who was going to win, it was who's going to lose. It was, oh, how are they going to get out of this one? Yeah. What a terrible viewing experience yeah. that was, like, for years and years that you just you didn't accept, but you sort of stuck with it. And I think, like, to the point about rules, like, I know to some people this will seem like, well, but wrestling can do whatever it wants, but it shouldn't. Like it's, mm. I know it's a sport ultimately when they get out there, but every television show and every film has to have rules for any of it to work because you have to make sense of the characters in their own universe. When wrestling breaks those rules, as we kind of knew AEW always would, but you just didn't want them to. Mm. You're like, how long can you go before you start breaking that rule? It shows you how effective they are when the odd DQ would be so effective. Like their Kenny Omega pack yeah. DQ fall and their CM Punk, where is it Sean Dean mm. in the MJF? Yeah. Amazing. That's what happens when you break a rule. It's everything that week. And, and then the other rule of the ranking system is completely, because MGF was on the course of the title. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, he's not. And then it's like, oh, it's, just, it's all about the belt. It, yeah. It's not, we've found ourselves in a personal feud by mistake kind of thing. It's yeah. like, like rules are really, really good. And yeah, like AEW was certainly a stronger product. WWE has this thing where, like, and Sid always points this out, as he should, like, oh, this is the rule this week. Like, the GMs for right now are going to do their best to try and uphold some sort of, like, rule between the wrestlers going to either show. But... That rule wasn't in place for so long, and thus Roman Reigns could have interference in every match, and then the bloodline could be what, like championed by Adam Pierce? That's on Adam Pierce, not on yeah. the bloodline. That's the bloodline haven't cheated; they've just played within the system they're in. You know. Another question from Mr. Phoenix, actually, which is quite good and relates partially to this. Uh, it says, heels and babyfaces depend largely on the audience recognizing bad behavior. Is the biggest flaw in wrestling the assumption that the fans are good people? That's a really good question. To yeah. be fair, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, like when uh, I've asked this question. Countless times in articles, podcasts, whenever. When was the last time you watched a heel do something and got, like, really mad? Is it 38, 36? Something like that, yeah. I can't remember. What? I can't work it out. I've got Tailford right now. Uh... Don't throw him under the bus just because you're <laughs> thick as shit. 35. <laughs> 35. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. What gotcha game and podcasts? <laughs> yeah. When was the last time you saw a heel, right, do that and think, oh, you twat. Mm. Like, you also, I can't believe you've done this. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. I, like, you I can. You can. When you're 39, because of the long term storytelling for WrestleMania 40, probably. Right, okay. I forgot when I was saying 35 year old, that is, he's actually eight. <laughs> I keep making that mistake. But seriously, was a lot, like, you, I've never in my. I've felt like a heel in particular. I felt things with baby faces, right? But in terms of a heel transgressing upon the rules, 
and doing something that's just, oh, he's interfered in a match, or he's cheated. I just don't feel it. Mm. I don't think anyone does, no. like genuinely. And I think there's a really good version of something that just doesn't work. And this is why I've campaigned for clean finishes and a different approach. Because, like, Cody Rhodes had this idea. It's like, there's no heels or babyface anymore. It was the last time you really cared about either thing. And I think there is a... It, it would Again, it's, it's too radical for very safe North American wrestling to experiment with. Um, it's just, I, if you don't feel it, why are we still doing this? Like, why are we still doing this? And it's not as if pro wrestling, WWE or AEW is really courting a very, very young audience. Mm. still going for the millennials. Yeah. Like, WWE tries to skew younger, but look at the median age of their main event crew. Mm-hmm. Like, when was the last time you gave a toss? And I agree. Like, a lot of wrestling fans, they gravitate towards stars more than they'll boo heels or really support baby faces. It's whoever's the most entertaining at the time. Yeah. I understand that for the crowd psychology of a professional wrestling match, in order to make it a little bit less rote, you have to fundamentally alter how it all works. And it, it could work. Like we see a lot of puro influence creeping into American pro wrestling. Why not go the whole hog with the characters? You kind of you have to have I think you can only do this, like, we've gone, what, 25, 30 more probably years of, like, all of the old, like, North American rules being thrown out, like, WWE and WCW cycle through everything in the 90s. But even in New Japan, how Bullet Club got over couldn't be replicated with House of Torture. Like, Cause the, it's seen the, it. the genuine heat of disrupting matches of just out-and-out cheating was You have done. to have years or, like, yeah. a long time of a proper, again, rules, a proper framework. Yeah. Where it feels like how dare they? How dare they? Yeah, that yeah. you didn't get that second time around with Evil's gang of losers because it was just like you were kind of well, we would have been, you know, I just won't watch New Japan, thanks very much. Like yeah. Gato can't do it anymore and stuff like that. So North American wrestling's had that exact problem forever. And I don't know. Maybe maybe like you're right about Cody, maybe what he was seeing was almost like too far ahead. Yeah, it's too far know. ahead, yeah. I don't know. Uh just Daryl says, Adam, Adam! Uh, how many E's for the tweet after WrestleMania 40? Cheers. Uh, currently 26. 26 weeks. What's this? Uh, I'm going to tweet C after Cody Rhodes wins the world title. Correct piece of long-term bugging. No, because you said it would be SummerSlam, didn't uh, you? <laughs> you did. did, did uh, <laughs> ten, ten, ten minutes to go, so let's uh, get some more questions in here. David Esposito says... Okay. Uh, ten jokes. Uh, hello to the Dudley Boys. Which of these AW mid-carders is most likely to be in the world title mix by this time next year? Wardlow, Takeshita, Hobbs, or Starks? Cheers, boys. Cheers, David. Oh, Starks, probably. In AW or in the Fed? Mm, I don't know. Oh, just, I'll take a punt and say Wardlow. Like, I'll have one more go with him, and this time it'll take. Like, MJF. I think he might have been stigmatized. Maybe, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. Well, Lord Hobbs, because Star- they're monsters and one of them should be. Yeah, Starks is the best all-rounder for US television, certainly. So I'd go with Starks out of that. But Swerve's my pick mm, to be that yeah. one to really just get through that cusp. You can sort of feel it, can't you? That's the difference. Uh, John Catter, thank you for your donation, John, says, uh, Hello, gents, hope you're all well. Now, am I insane, or does the House of Black's booking seem even more confused after last week? Also, for a supposedly dominant faction, have they ever won a feud outright? A bit of a preview uh, for the collision review. I was just like, uh, I went like this when I saw the post-match to Dax and Ricky Starks. Because I'm like, right, so they're friends with them now and 
they're back and they're sharing screen time with the FTR. And it's just, again, more convoluted, plotty, why are you friends and why mm. are you fighting with them book? And I just, I was bored of making the, trying to like connect the dots in my head when I'm watching that post-match angle. I'm like, well, you've returned to align with them or they just happen to be in the ring and is that how you become friends? I'm just, do some, please, please do some more direct. This squad or this wrestler hates that squad or that wrestler, not temporary alliances. I'm sick of temporary alliances. I'm absolutely sick of it. And yes, I agree. I was confused by the booking. So what, another unfocused mess. Thanks, Tony. Week one is fine where you attack everybody. There's no harm in announcing yourself as being back on the scene. But week two is probably where you just focus it directly on one act. And it felt like what they were doing was heelish, and especially because of BCC, have kind of pivoted babyface eventually. So it's BB- BCC, now FTR, and now Los Angeles are all got a problem with all three of those acts. Yeah. If you take into account last week and this week. <laughs> What? <laughs> it's also weird seeing, like... What? It's one of my little pet peeves. As the, like, as the group that can teleport, and I know, but as a group that can teleport, like, them, like, backing off from a numbers game on the ramp is such a weird... Just teleport at the end of Dax Harwood's just... nose. <laughs> and just chin it. You know what I mean? That's what I would do if I was in the House of Black and I was in the storyline. Exactly. If you'd been gripped, it's misblown in your face. Um, Kieran says, Hello, Dadleys. Who does MJF face at World's End? Uh, does he win or lose in Long Island? NYC. Also, Gunther versus Dragunov for Bash in Berlin. Seeing that, I would put them in separate matches and give them both amazing nights. I think like that crowd's going to be just red hot for both guys. Gunther and Cody for a belt for me That's is, the, is the main event. You said, Hamlet said this. Uh, I said this. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's going to be incredible, that. Um, what was the first AEW? Bit of that first part of the question. Uh, who does MJF face at World's End and does he win or lose? All of them. A lot of them. I don't know what the gimmick matches. Some of the lot of them. Like an elimination chamber, yeah, kind of inspired thing. I love this thing. I'm still going to six-pack challenge. Because it does feel like they are... Omega could have hit the one-winged angel were it not for Callus. Wardlow's back. Joe's back. Something like that they could do. Um, He's listing the matches he's won. So you put him in one that he's never even had before or that nobody's ever had. I did the best this, I did the best that. So you create something that he's like, well, nobody's the best that. Not yeah. Like, no. I, the world's no. end match, but I don't know what the actual stiff is. Yes, like, I, no, I like that a lot. The champ has to escape from New York. And do the poster with the thing. I don't know. Yep. Just an idea. How do you have a, a collage of 180 wrestlers on that? That's all the posters are these days. Too many wrestlers. The house cannot be cleaned. Remember, like in like sort of twenty twenty, when Escape from New York was yes, I've been released from WWE, so I can go over here. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite um, uh, t- chore to do? Uh, washing up. Is it? Yep. Washing up. I, I thought that because I uh, we had a big NCT party mm-hmm. yesterday, and I've deliberately asked Anne Louise leave the washing up. I'm looking forward to that when I come home. Yeah. Washing up. The only thing I can actually do well. Washing up in a podcast. Cooking doesn't count. Is this? It's more of passion. Isn't my house. Um, I like hanging up the washing me. Yeah. Oh, that's very calming. Because there's a, there's a way to do it correctly. We talked about this off air, yeah. Yeah, and it will remain off air. There's a way to, <laughs> there's a way to do it correctly, and I like doing it correctly, and I will continue to do it correctly. It just feels like you're getting something done. The most menial of tasks. Anyone can do it. feels like you're making progress. I was very, very poor in my years working in admin. I was terrible at it, but I just thought, well, this is my job, and I was rubbish at it. But the one 
really satisfying thing was those tasks where you could, it was the literal like in and out tray. It was great seeing that. So that go from there to there and that's washing up. That's like, oh, like oh. a state and then you're leaving your kitchens glistening. And it's like, yeah, like you say, I'm not very good at cleaning either. So it's like, that's the one job I know. Oh, all the food waste has gone from it. I've done it. All the toast crumbs have. <laughs> I am, I am bad all the, all at cleaning. Bread crumbs because they're. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bad at cleaning. So washing up is my yeah. uh, expertise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Gould says, hello, hooligans, with TNA returning. Yes. Uh, who are your favourite X Division Impact's champions? Impact's been there the whole time. <laughs> favourite X Division champions ever. Um, he was never, he never was able to win the belt, but uh, Kevin Nash pushed the X Division into the next decade. Some of his classic bottom rope offence. Uh, but, like, in all seriousness, like, Chris Sabin, uh AJ Styles, I would say, around that period. Like, Saban was an amazing heel. Him and Shelly coming together to form the Motor City Machine Guns was great because they were both arrogant little bastards at the same time. And then it was like they bumped into each other one day, did the Spider-Man meme, and then were even better as a tag team. And it was just... They always hung out with Nash, weren't they? With the, yeah, yeah, the Paparazzi line. Productions. There was a thing in TNA for years where when there would be a change of ownership or a change of authority figures or whatever, they would go to America's Most Wanted slash Beer Money as the tag champions. Jeff Jarrett as the world champion and AJ Styles as the X Division champion. He was he was the X Division because you would watch AJ and you could not believe what you were seeing. TNA was so fundamentally stupid. There was always something stupid on everything I watched. Like <laughs> WWE was like really sort of bad and idealist at the time. And I kept trying. I cannot. It's just stupid. It's not an alternative. It's no. and it's stupid. Ring of Honor was the alternative. I don't want to yeah, I don't want to get pissed yeah. off twice. I was more <laughs> I was way more of an ROH guy than a TNA guy in the two thousands. I didn't want to get pissed off twice. I just didn't. AJ was so spectacular. Prime athletic AJ was so spectacular that he was the one that made me... I'll watch another one. I, I, I watch his match and love it, but, uh, so AJ for me. Joe, I will say as well, Joe as the x champion was a nice follow-on from him as the Ring of Honor champion. Joe was special. Was, the yeah. Joe the, was is Joe the one where he dropped it to Amazing Red where Lashley got involved? Have I got confused <laughs> with the wrong title there? It might have been, like, but not that run, not that Joe run, but yeah, maybe like there, it got traded relentlessly over the years. I remember, like, I was very, you know, just only fed, or only fed, mm. and then I just saw some clips of Amazing Red, and I was like, who the hell Do you mean where? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing uh, Fed? Jose Palomares <laughs> uh, sends us a question. Jose Palomares, uh, along with uh, Adam Blair, so at Adam Wilton Fort and at the Ho 11, they always take care of the... Um, Data. Thank you for uh, ladies' night. Uh, Jose says, uh, morning, afternoon, dadlies. Just want to hear the prop. Uh, what is your... NXT Halloween, Halloween. Uh, the match you're most excited for tomorrow. Table Lads and Scares, isn't it? Yeah, Table yeah. Lads and Scares. And I don't think there's any chance of a title change. So even if I was bang up for the match, I just, there's no doubt. Elia's returning. Uh, yeah, Elia. I. What else we got tomorrow? I will say. Oh my God, Mr. Stone and Braun Breaker. I've changed my mind. Yeah, well, that's, that is legitimately the one I'm most looking forward to. In terms of Elia Hayes, three. The fact that two was so, like, I was, like, shocked and appalled watching that. And I was genuinely, like, moved by wrestling yeah. violence, which <laughs> doesn't really happen that often because I'm so desensitized to it. The fact that it's a third match makes me think, well, the rules of sequels means you kind of have to intensify and escalate everything. In so that cry little performance center building as I, well. I know, so I'm really fascinated in how dangerous they're going to yeah. go with it. Maybe not for the right reasons, mind you, but I'm up for it nonetheless. Mm. We'll be previewing uh, Halloween Havoc tomorrow, of course. All going well. Yes. Fingers crossed with uh, maybe a special guest. Um, 
Final couple of questions then. Uh, actually, I just want to read this out from Gainsey, who said, I did an art project on instructions on how to make a toast sandwich back in 2002. Add a little salt and pepper and it's mint. That's, I've already made the joke, that's tonight's tea. Well, that's tomorrow's tea. That's fantastic. I'm, I was thinking I might try peanut butter on the bread instead of like regular butter or jam or something like that, just to mix it up. It's a texture thing. Burn the toast. That's my advice. Budding <laughs> chefs. <laughs> I love that. Burn the burn the Burn the toast. Burn the toast. Great. Otherwise, you're just kind of eating three bits I'll of take bread. I'll, I'll have a look at Heston's, to be fair. We'll mm. have, I'll have I'll a look at There'll be some smashed avocado summit in it, won't there? No. Welcome to Instagram in 2010. I didn't know. <laughs> Luke Why Cullen. putting food these days? Uh, Luke Cullen says, hey, Legends, what is a past or present storyline in WWE or AEW you think would work better in the other promotion? Wrestlers can change or stay the same. Ooh. A lot of people would argue at the moment that everything MJF's doing would work better in WWE. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why I like it so much. But, like, not all the comedy, but I think the uh, I think the story that MJF is attempting to tell is maybe being lost to conversations about his drawing power or people just seeing too much comedy or not liking his version of the babyface. But in WWE, people accept it as a little bit broader. And I just think this would this would be going great guns. You would see him as this targeted world champion. Steve Austin was great at being a guy with multiple targets. I think that, like, I love it in AEW, but it's not really drawing, and I think it would fly in WWE. For me, right, I think you play to your strengths. You had the 80s and the 80s unfolded as they did because you had these ridiculously proportioned wrestlers in these cartoonish, vibrant uh, characters having these storylines, and they were all pretty stupid, but they were all quite fun. Nowadays, you've got super athletes, like so many of them. Why can't you build more stories around what you kind of have in terms of the personnel of the or the usual other kind of type of wrestler that you get nowadays. So something genuinely, I don't think this would play in the Fed anymore. They love the melodrama. Mm. Something the, the Rock Brock build, amazing. Yeah, like our proper sporting. Who's the best athlete? And now that you've got wall to wall great athletes, you should build the stories around the characters. That's the way it should go. So I a proper sporting flavor to AEW to really differentiate it as an alternative and you could do something like that more often Rock Brock that build I think people think it's overrated I don't I thought it was tremendous I've seen The Rock do that vertical leap onto the fifth box yes he's not going to do the fifth one (laughs) (laughs) I see you can build drama through it like as you said like the suspense you can't jump onto that (laughs) or or John Moxley getting bitten by a snake because he would let it happen. Yes. That's the <laughs> yes. Greatest, it's the greatest angle ever. You watch it back and it's like, well, how did he's getting bit by a yeah. snake? Uh, Nevernaught writes, uh, the McNugget burger that I talked about earlier reminds me of the McGangbang. That's putting a mayo chicken in the middle of a double cheeseburger. Genuinely goated. I love, I love, like, I love food in food. <laughs> really do. I try it. That's what yeah. Cheese oozing out of chicken. Ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's disgusting. Kiev, though. Hmm? Oh, Kiev, yeah. Food, food, isn't it? Food. Come you, out have you ever been worked by a ham and cheese Kiev when you oh, get the wrong one? Yeah. Oh, my. It was one of the worst days of my life. Yeah, cool. I was really like, looking yeah. forward to a chicken Kiev and the ham and cheese come out. Now, what's this? <laughs> I know. Is it like no, hustlers? Hunters? Hunters Kiev or something? It's something like that. Uh, Corrupted Kiev. <laughs> worked. I got worked by boxing. So I was <laughs> you grabbed him. Yeah, just grabbed straight him. in the oven. Don't even want to look. Just say it was the day when I was scared to be out the house. 
Yeah. Yeah. Kind of uh, final final uh, <laughs> question we'll leave to uh, Evan Barry. He says, uh, I usually listen on 1.5 speed, so this is weird. You do that with your pods, don't Pod you? Pod fasting, I yeah. cannot do it. No. I think, and then when you ever, if you settings have changed for whatever reason, the people sound drunk or high. Yeah. Because like, they're speaking at their normal speed. It's been normal. Any chance? <laughs> Goes up to three on Spotify. You that's know. I, that's, that's subhuman. <laughs> uh, is there any chance of a show in Ireland or potential chances of a pay per view? I don't know whether he means our show. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to we'll do a live show in Ireland. Is there a thriving scene? Mm-hmm. There's probably a big enough stadium to just. Is it what's the big stadium in Ireland? Uh, leave it with me. Croke Park, Croke Park. Oh uh, yeah, like Croke Park. Yeah. Like I wouldn't rule anything out like this. Premium live event B show strategy where Nick Khan has meetings with Telly People and Triple H books one local star is kind of fantastic, actually. <laughs> like I really it's that like it's that corporate synergy that actually has a benefit for you, the consumer, because the shows tend to rule. So I absolutely wouldn't rule it out. It's nice, it's nice to be able I don't to speak on this. I necessarily know what the wrestling scene is in Ireland right now, but I would travel. I travel yeah. to Wales, you know. We basically if you're doing it once or twice a year, a big PLE show in the United Kingdom and Ireland, people from the United Kingdom and Ireland are just going to travel to wherever it is, I would suspect. Definitely. Definitely. Like, Seamus having his last shot of the title. Uh. The Intercontinental title, and it's going to, for example, if that was, like, now, that'd be massive, wouldn't it, you know? Mm. And, yeah. Definitely. I remember OTT wrestling. We're doing some great stuff a few years back. Bec- uh, Becky Lynch is your inbuilt head. You know, they're, yeah, they could absolutely do it. And we'll, yeah, we'll do a, a live <laughs> yeah. show along with the one we've got going on right now. goes down on uh, Tuesday, November 21st. At the Mosaic Tap in Newcastle upon Tyne. Just time to get yourself tickets. Whatculture.com. I don't know if there is, but try. Yeah, Four slash tickets. A uh, couple of final things to conclude on here. John Catter says, Hamlet, fry the bread instead of toasting it. I'll give that a go. Yeah. Oh, that that's sounds another, that's right. another textural mix, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah. And Matt Lewis suggests the land, air, and sea, which is a burger, a McChicken sandwich, and a filet of fish in the same bun. Yes. I can never be arsed with filet of fish, but yes. Well, like, mean, yes. <laughs> or fish fingers instead of the oh, yeah. fish. That's a worthwhile hour this has been. That's just for everybody, especially me. It's not just Triple H that's cooking. You know, the I am fish too. section is um, different to the meat section because they're too... Pardon me. What wine would you have with it? Pardon what? me for trying to bring communities together. What wine would you have with that? <laughs> Mountain Dew. I'm not drinking wine. <laughs> Absolute uncultured swine. Fry the bread on a dirty pan after cooking meat and make meat bread. Yes. Give that a go. I mean, I'm saying yes. <laughs> They're all just good suggestions. <laughs> I welcome these suggestions. Well, it turns out you can improve on perfection. <laughs> uh, Matt Cockrell writes, oh, I wish I was the bread. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I was the bread most days. <laughs> like, I eat yeah, enough to try and become the bread. I kind of become the bread. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's leave it there for now. It's uh, not a study, though. I'll say that. Thank you for uh, thank you for all your questions. Thank you for your donations. Uh, thank you for well, thank you for the Thanks, your Thank you for joining us. Uh, you can <laughs> still join us at our live show. As I said, whatculture.com forward slash ticket. If you want to come to that one, uh, we'll be back to review the Raw show. On yep. the YouTube channel tomorrow. These outros suck. If you want more <laughs> daily wrestling podcasts, What Culture Wrestling Podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, continue the conversation with us on X at What Culture WWE. Watch say you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael uh, Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. 
Follow our brilliant producer, Adam Nicholas, at It's Adam Nicholas. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Uh, but for now, it's been your questions answered. <laughs> and thanks to Hamlet, Cedric, to Nicholas. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 